It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. I have Dave Kennedy on the show today. Dave Kennedy is the co-founder and executive director at Emergo Recovery with over 30 years of experience in the human development uh, area. Dave co-created Actualized Recovery, an integrative brain-first approach to lasting recovery. And Dave is a PhD candidate at the Centerbury University studying psychology and neuroscience. To hear, uh, to, yeah, to hear more, go to the Leading Health and Wellness podcast featuring Dave at Emergo Radio. Um, Dave Kennedy, welcome to the show. Bert, thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the intro. And I'm looking forward to our chat and seeing if we can have some fun while we're helping some people. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I want to jump into this because I think this is such a, a, a very interesting uh, area, and, and we're really just learning more and more about this. Um, so let's start with what exactly is brain health to you? How does it play a role in business and life? Talk about this. Well, it, it applies in everything. So fundamentally, let's start with the brain. The brain drives everything. And whether you like it or whether you don't, uh, yes, we're a bi-directional system at times and, and everything is um, supports each other. So sometimes what I eat and what I drink does have an impact. But number one is our brain drives everything, our autonomic nervous system, our sleep, our finances, our money, our relationships, our ability to sell things at work, our ability to take risk at work, our ability to take a calculated risk and not a silly risk. So um, my brain, your brain, Bert, it drives everything. And so when our brain is working right, we make great decisions in our in our life. We thrive. And especially today with the pandemic and the isolation and all of the new challenges, it's really important to think about brain health and understand how you can positively impact it for you, your family, and your coworkers. Yeah, you know what? And it goes, it definitely uh, is very important. I, I wrote about this today that, you know, we have the ability to choose how we're going to deal with the pandemic. We can go from I have to mindset to I get to mindset, right? I, I get to homeschool my kids is a different mindset than I have to homeschool my kids, right? And, and so, yeah, the brain drives everything. I think that uh, that's a, uh, what do you call it, the, a great, uh, uh, what do you call it, synopsis for today because, again, how you feel determines everything. You mentioned finance, you know. We know that some people, when they feel bad, they they go instead of uh, uh, what do you call it, eating food, they'll go buy stuff. And you know, we 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 as humans are very complex and weird beings, so we'll do all sorts of weird things to try to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, I think it's actually that simple. We're I think we're more simple than complex. Okay. Is that we as people we as people do things for a benefit. Yeah. The question is, is when we sacrifice a long-term benefit for a short-term benefit, the, re the question is why? And typically it's, it's to uh, get relief from pain, stress, trauma, and, and the future be damned. 
And so, you know, we kind of are shooting ourselves in, the, in our own foot when we do that. And, and so from a brain point of view, I, mindset, which you just introduced, is huge. It's used in all professional sports now. And, and it really helps with performance in my ability to sleep. I love what you said and presented. We teach that here at Emergo. But, you know, I have to go to work or I want to or I get to changes the entire energy and dynamic of, of the day's preparation, even the night before and my time at work. But I want to go deeper than that. And physio physiologically, our brain can sh change and shift. So we know something called neuroplasticity. A lot of people have probably heard of this now, but the brain's ability to rewire. And that's a powerful thing. It was first discovered in the 60s by Dr. Marion Diamond. She's a firecracker. Um, and, and unfortunately, as a woman in the 60s and a, and a woman neuroscientist in the 60s, most of her work was, was pushed aside. But she discovered that when you do certain things, your brain not only can function better, it grows in size. And when you do certain things, uh, to harm your brain, your brain shrinks in size and it doesn't function as well. And and in this case, it is true that brain that brain size matters when it comes to your brain. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I, I want to ask you this: uh, as far as um, in the introduction, I talk about uh, you co-founded Actualized uh, Recovery. So let's start with that. What is Actualized Recovery? Well, actualized recovery is a brain first approach to recovery and wellness. This is what I'm talking about. If, it, if the brain drives everything, let's first work on the brain and optimize the brain. What does it need? It needs sleep. And it does, your brain does need seven to eight hours of sleep on average at night. You can't shortchange it and then catch up on the weekend. It's not how it works. Um, there's all sorts of features and functions that happen at night. One of them is our brain actually cleanses itself and gets rid of old proteins, uh, but you've got to have the right amount of sleep to do that. Uh, so a brain first approach, and there's five dynamics to that physiological, uh, biological, and physiological. There's the uh, uh, psychiatric or psychology or coaching. There's spiritual. There's social and there's the lifestyle and lifestyle is about maintaining my brain and brain health so it encompasses everything the biopsychosocial model but it also takes on the spiritual who i am as a person what makes me happy and thrive and then the lifestyle which is also ongoing movement exercise food water so that my brain can thrive and, and the result again is i feel genuinely happier even through tough times yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah, you know what, you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago about uh, shrinking our brain or making our brain bigger. And I, and I believe that's certainly some of the results, if you will, from a lifestyle, from our lifestyle, right? I mean, if you're, if you are um, drinking a lot, using a lot of drugs, your brain probably is going to contract a little bit as opposed to uh, somebody who might be reading and, and learning and trying new different things and, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, neuroplasticity, you know, your brain's going to get bigger. So I think that's definitely a lifestyle type of uh, at least one of the benefits from your lifestyle, right? 
Bert, you've been studying neuroscience because the brain loves newness and it loves to learn and it creates these new synapses and, and it really helps our brain. So, you know, everything from Sudoku puzzles and crossword puzzles are, are amazing brain games, if you'll let me say that. But any newness, an instrument, um, a language, an activity, a sport, a, car, a card game, the brain loves that because it's, it's waking up and it's creating these new connections. And the more a brain, the more neurons fire, the stronger they wire. And so that can go in a positive way. The more I do things and the more I exercise first thing in the morning or do yoga, or if I do meditation in the morning, it, the easier it becomes because those neurons get used to that. They, they become more dominant. And then the ones that you're not using, uh, staying up late, maybe looking up porn or drinking, those begin to dissipate and go away, but they, they're not gone. So that's part of the issue right now is that you've got to make sure that you maintain structure and a healthy lifestyle. And then the brain loves certain things and the brain really doesn't like certain things. So marijuana, THC are not good for the brain. They may bring short-term relief to anxiety, but long-term you're causing and creating damage to a brain. And the cigarettes, vaping, vaping is absolutely horrific to a brain. Um, alcohol is not a brain food. So even one glass of red wine, alcohol does not help your brain. Um, and I evidence that just in a simple way that if you drink too much, your speech is slurred, your balance is off. Why? Because it's toxic to a brain. So sure. if, you, if you really want to talk about long-term health, you have to look at your lifestyle in its entirety. And, and I, would, I would suggest that there are other ways of dealing with that, such as exercise and food and water and sleep, meditation, mindfulness. There's all sorts of other ways that we can help our brain thrive. And in the long term, we benefit. Uh, and even if, even if short term, we're a little bit uncomfortable with newness. Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, the thought uh, that the brain loves newness reminds me of, you know, I would call it uh, of marketing. In the marketing sphere, we know that consumers love the latest, the new version, the update. And so maybe that's where they, that consumers get that love is because it's a brain, for lack of better terms, it's brain food, right? Oh, it's new. Oh, I like new. And so if your brain is telling you, you like new, that, that's a big driver. I mean, that's why there's a gazillion people wrapped around the Apple store because the latest Apple phone is coming out and, you know, maybe the only upgrade on that new phone is it's got a better camera, but it does, you know, but people still love it. Yeah, people love newness and from a marketing point of view, I, I get that. And from a marketing point of view, to really to appeal to um, uh, to attract people with using their brain, uh, social media, for example, are unbelievable at this. They use so social environmental engineers, and they know how to impact a brain by using dopamine or or having dopamine react in a brain to a thumb and to likes. So right. part of the newness, you got to be careful to that. Is that it, are you are you a um, um, changing your behavior as a result of wanting to get this neurological fix. And dopamine is the happy chemical. It's the party chemical. It's the feel-good chemical. And um, there's a lot of people, especially in the world of technology, who have leveraged this. Casinos have leveraged this for years and known about this for years, the bells, the whistles, the environment. And, and that creates this excitement and it can change my behavior. So uh, sometimes your behavior is changed because, again, you're, you're seeking that short-term fix. Um, and, and that is that, that, that 
pump of dopamine that people get, whether that's online and social media, maybe even on porn um, or doing risky behaviors. So we, you have to be mindful of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it important for business leaders to know about self-care and brain health? I mean, talk about this. I, I think it's critical. Um, the business leaders and entrepreneurs and C-suite people, I get it. You focus on technology and the newest advances where we can we can actually put our finger on, okay, we spend up $10,000, but we're going to earn $100,000. I get that. We all get ROE on that. But we we undervalue the greatest resource we all have, and that's our human capital. And the human capital can excel. And you think of a sales force or think of a customer services force and what kind of environment have you put them in? What kind of food is in the kitchen? Uh, what, what, what are we doing as a group? Um, is there a community there? And the brain loves activity. It loves uh, oxygen. Um, I, I know that um, uh, there are companies who have created meditation rooms and sleep rooms. A 20-minute sleep has been proven to be more effective than any amount of coffee when it comes time to uh, for uh, employee production. So what are we doing to enhance employee health? And I'm not talking just about the body, about the brain, and that should lead things. And, and you have in your um, cafeteria, in your kitchen, do you have candy bars and things like that? I would say, hang on, you've gotta be very mindful of refined sugars versus real healthy whole foods. Are you drinking soda pops or do you have water? Is there is the Red Bulls there? Please throw them out. Throw them out. Throw them out fast. They're terrible for the brain. Um, and and so, what are we doing to invest in our greatest capital, which is our human capital, and that really drives our businesses. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the energy drinks. Uh, you know, there's Red Bull, there's Monsters, uh, there, there's I don't know at least uh, let's see the Rain. Um, there, there's probably a hundred different. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, energy drinks out there—they're all bad, uh, you know. And, and I there's, think, but there's, but there's a huge market for them. There is a, a huge market, market for them. them. Yeah, because back to what you said—I mean, somebody takes one of these things, and all these chemicals hit their bodies. They're—they don't even know what they're feeling, you know. But they just know that you know that you just you just drunk dumped a huge buttload of different chemicals. You're gonna feel something. And, and but they're, so designed, they're, desi they're designed to do that too. Um, it, they're, they're, they're designed to, to hijack your brain. And mm -hmm. when it does that, you're going to crave this again and again. Mm -hmm. And now, so I want to back up as to why we feel the need to do that, some people. And the reason for that is we've got a, a, a nation and a community that, is, that undersleeps, is not rested, poorly nourished, doesn't exercise. And so now it, we look for a pill, or in this case, a, a can of, a, of an energy drink to replace that energy in a false way. And it's a vicious cycle because now I'm going to drink a few of them in the afternoon or one of them in the afternoon and good luck having a restful, deep sleep. And it's not just uh, the amount of time in bed. It is sleep hygiene. And so what am I doing in the afternoon? What am I doing in the evening? What time am I eating? What am I doing two hours before bed? And, and I call, uh, you know, getting up and being successful in the morning has nothing to do with what time the alarm goes off. It has to do with what we do the evening before and what time we go to bed 
what time we prepare for bed. So set your set your phones in or, or an alarm to go off an hour or 90 minutes before you go to bed and turn your technology off. If you I've got a pair of blue light glasses just over here on my desk that I that I wear a lot, but blue light tricks our brain. And it and it actually thinks our brain thinks that it's sunrise and so it doesn't create the natural sleeping chemicals. And we don't want that. So you want to turn off your technology, but if you have to use it, get a good pair of blue light glasses. Go to bed re relatively the same time every night. And so sleep and rest and food and movement, if you do those things, you're not going to have this craving or need for a Red Bull. Um, if you're not hungover, you're not going to reach for things. And so really it's what we're doing to our bodies that, that creates that need which, which right now, um, and in the food world, they know how to addict a brain, and they're doing that also with the energy drinks. Sure, sure. Well, and 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 like you mentioned before, uh, there they, meaning corporate America, spending a lot of time and money uh, tricking our brain. That's why we'll spend hours doing social media. You know, and, and, and we're trying, as you mentioned earlier, it's a quick dopamine fix. Ooh, somebody liked my stuff. You know, I had uh, I had a client of mine who said, hey, you know, I we were talking about some content. He posted this content and, and he got like 40 or 50 or 60 likes and he was ecstatic about it. I didn't want to hurt his feelings and tell him, look, 50 or 60 likes is nothing. It means it means failure. But to him, it was the most he had ever gotten. But it was a big deal to him. And so. uh you know, it, there is an incredible industry behind hijacking your brain, getting you to stay on that phone longer or on that site longer. We mentioned food. We mentioned uh, energy drinks. Uh, these are all got, uh, people who want to hijack your brain. Excuse me. Um, and back to what you're saying, I think that you're right. There is this unwritten rule that if you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, let me let me rephrase it, 50 or 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, and you're running on energy drinks and no sleep, you're somehow a corporate hero. Uh, and if you're one of those weaklings that needs to you know leave the office at five or six so you can get home and spend time with your family and get a good night's sleep, you're 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 considered pathetic or weak or a non-team player. And we got this thing all messed up. And I don't know how it happened, but let me tell you, if you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week all the time because you're a workaholic, then you probably need to rethink your life because you're probably going to set yourself up for a heart attack or, uh, you know, uh, definitely some kind of major health issue. Um, sleep, sleep and exercise are probably the the easiest thing to fix our most of our healthcare issues. I mean, you know, you mentioned our brain needs our brain needs seven to eight hours of sleep a day. I bet you the average American, I don't know how it is in Canada, but the average American I think is getting like five and a half or six. So, you know, we're all sleep deprived. I, I would add a third one, Bert, sleep. Um, absolutely. And, uh, exercise and movement, the brain loves oxygen. I know we talk a lot, we know a lot about, you know, exercise for our bodies and, 
uh, but for our brain in particular, and it doesn't have to be vigorous exercising. It could be a yoga class. It could be an incredible opportunity, but it is increasing oxygen. Brain loves that. And the third thing is nutrition. Not only what am I putting into my body, what am I not putting in my body? And that's maybe the biggest one overall because that's what fuels everything. It fuels our gut and our microbiome and our gut and our connection with the vagal nerve from our, from our gut to our brain and the messaging there and how my brain and my liver and everything is working. So the brain loves good, clean protein. It loves good, clean fats. And, I'm, and I mean good fats of coconut oils and avocado, and avocado oils and olive oils. It loves water. Please drink a lot of water throughout the course of a day. If you're going to have coffee, one in the morning and get the, keep the refined sugars out of your diet, uh, your brain kind of just freaks out with refined sugars. And, and we eat more refined sugars than we've ever eaten in our history as humans, and it's, and it's not good for our brains. And the, the result is the crash. And when we crash after the brain because the insulin release and all that, I don't, I don't want to get too far into it today. But then we're looking for something else to substitute that. And so now we're looking for another quick fix. But ultimately, the people who are working 70, 80 hours, I, I, I believe it's because they want to succeed. They want to do well. And I, and I believe that in, pe- in human nature and people. We sure. all want to do well. So Okay, so my question is, is do you want to be effective? So you, what, if you could, what if you can accomplish the same amount of work or better in 55 hours in a work week instead of 70? But what you do with that extra time is you dedicate that to your body, to your greatest asset, including your brain. Taking more time to cook than eating in in a fast food, please don't. Eat whole, natural, real, powerful foods. Uh, do exercise, go for a, have a meeting while going for a walk outside a vigorous walk and have a meeting, implement these things into your day. It's not, you, you, you don't become successful by counting hours of work. You become right. successful by, but delivering quality and having purpose driven work. And when you do that, that also includes yourself. And so that includes your team. What are you doing for your, your, your sales team? to to help them with their stress and and by the way stress some people say no 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 dave i perform great under stress uh, i perform really well i would tell you most people we've worked with in that case come from a parasympathetic dominant brain pattern somebody who is more frozen and really needs that extra jolt uh, mm. of stress and stress and stress is not a healthy thing it, it, the word stress comes from uh, bird comes from the um, uh, engineering world back in the romans and aqueducts and how much can how much weight or stress, stress. can a bridge bear before it breaks well it's the same thing mentally how much stress can we bear before we crack and things begin to slip and, and i'm not performing at my ultimate so I, I really want people to be mindful of that and there are techniques i just read a great study out of the uk I read it this morning uh, that 11 minutes of mindfulness activity lowered um, alcoholics' consumption of alcohol by 20%. And that's 11 minutes a day of mindfulness. And you mentioned that at the top of our call here. So there are some things that you can do that are that you, they don't take all day long, that you can implement in a morning routine, in an evening routine, or in the middle of your day. And the quality of your work, the, the outcomes that you will produce, the relationships that you will build internally and externally will far surpass anything that you're doing when you're burnt out.
you said something that that you hear quite a bit a lot or you hear quite a lot today and that is mindfulness you specifically said mindfulness activity what is a mindfulness activity well understand what it is first of all is what i can control and what i can't control let's start there okay. and i'll use an, an analogy i heard a great interview of a uh, i'm up up near toronto but i heard a blue jays pitcher interviewed last year and he said his pitching had changed because of his mindfulness and the learning that he had there which is what i can control i can control how i grip the ball i can control you know my elbow angle, I can control my release point, and the moment I let that go, the ball go, I, I cannot control anything. They, whether they hit it, whether they miss it, whether it called a ball, called a strike, and I, and I focus on the events that I can control. So it's really important to do that. And understanding too that a thought is only a thought. You and I, Bert, have a roughly 80,000 thoughts a day in our brain and that's all a thought is a thought is a random thought it doesn't mean anything and to begin from a place of mindfulness to understand that a thought isn't the end of the world um the thought is i, I want you to challenge your thoughts so if you have a repetitive thought i'm not good enough i can't make this sale I want you to challenge that and say, wait a minute, have I ever been in this situation before? Have I ever made, made a sale before? Have I figured my way through this before? Have I figured my way out of debt before? Oh, I have. And so as you begin to um, rationally examine that, you'll, you'll what I call crush the ants. Dr. Daniel Amen, leading neuropsychiatrist who I'm affiliated with, teaches this automatic negative thoughts. You're gonna crush that automatic negative thought and then the, what we add into that is gratitude. Because if you don't replace it with gratitude, typically that automatic negative thought will reoccur. So most thoughts uh, most thoughts that we have, about 80% of the 80,000 thoughts, I had yesterday. They're repetitive. And, and so, okay, challenge the thought. Is it true? A question that examine at, you're probably gonna get to, no, it's not true and then use gratitude and think of something you're grateful for and why. It's really important to ground, to not just talk about what you're grateful for, but to ground it or root it with why. I'm grateful for my golden retriever dog, and I'm grateful for my golden retriever dog because she gives me the best hugs at the times when I'm feeling sad. And so I've, I see the smile on your face. I've grounded it, rooted it more. Right. And so the likelihood of an ant returning becomes less likely. So being mindful is really being aware. Think of mindful eating. Tonight when you're eating, take a bite of whatever delicious food you've prepared because I know you probably a whiz in the kitchen, Bert, and whatever you're whatever you're enjoying, but then put your fork down, slowly chew your food, swallow your food, take a breath, have another bite. And by mindfully eating, you're going to help your digestion. You're going to enjoy the meal more. You'll enjoy the company more. And so when we uh, practice this in our life, things become, um, our, our brain actually functions better. There's less anxiety, less worry, less fear, um, and our performance grows, goes up. So uh, mindfulness is a wonderful technique to be and to use in our lives and in our business. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you had a, a large emphasis there on gratefulness and you know it's interesting i think you're the first guy i've ever spoken to that said hey we have to root or ground that that gratefulness or that into something right why are you 
you know, thankful for this, that, or the other thing. I, I've not heard that that little nuance, but I'm going to start practicing it right away because every day I try to do, I, I do try to say things that I'm grateful for, but I've never gone that any deeper than that. You know, to, to, I'm grateful for my family because of this, that, and the other thing, or I'm grateful for my dog, or and that's why I was smiling. My little dog gives some great hugs too. So, you know, that, those those are awesome moments. Um, yeah. So this is interesting. You know, it's it's. Uh, uh, we call it. I think that we as a society are just starting to understand this whole neuroscience, neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And you look at some people, and, and primarily I've noticed this with academics. I've noticed it with scientists, people who like to do research. You know, these are people who live a long, healthy life, a, a high quality of life. Uh, into their 80s, 90s, and 100s because their brain is constantly active. My dad, he lived till he was 95, and he was always playing a new game of chess. He, he was one of those guys who would have two or three chess boards going and trying to learn new moves. Uh, you know, he was uh, studying a different language. He was writing a book. He always had something that he was doing that was slightly different or new, and I think that helped him with his ability to live to 95. Bert, you didn't say he sat and watched TV six hours a day. Listen, listen to the things that you just described, and it actually those are actually healthy for the brain. And so, uh, I would challenge people and offer them an opportunity one day a week. And if you can't do it for a day a week, do it for an hour, do it for half a day, but do a digital detox. Pick a day with your family, especially right now. And and if you have people that you need to stay in touch with or something, there's a way to have emergency calls come through your phone. So don't panic. Uh, but let people know if you have to, or let work know if you have to, but Saturday, we're doing a digital detox. Sunday, we're going to do a digital detox and see what happens. Imagine if you turned your TV off for 24 hours, maybe that's the step that you do. Um, so there are, there are some steps that you can do to be mindful of your environment and what you're bringing in. Again, the news creates great stress when there's fear and uncertainty uh, anxiety lives in that world in the future that I can't control this. And you, yes, we all have to be very mindful of what's going on in our world today. Um, but there's a way to do that smartly and then focus on what you can do. Uh, as you, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, what you get to do today, uh, not what you have to do. Yeah, man, that, that's, that's a great idea. My family and I, we did a, uh, a social media fast. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have two teenage girls living at home with us and for them to get off social media was like a major thing. They were, you know, they were, they were like, you know, jonesing for it. And, and so, uh, we did it for a couple of days. We had one daughter that did it for a whole week and, uh, the results were amazing. Uh, we, we, you know, you talk about, you know, the arguing between the two teens disappeared. And well, there was you, 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 you used an addiction term, jonesing for something. Yeah. Somebody's jonesing for a line, but, but it's, it is that addictive. Um, it is. And it, and it's, and it is real because they don't get that, that fix. And it, there is a dopamine fix. And now what am I going to replace that with? And when my brain has been wired to get it that way, whether it's through cocaine or whether it's through a cell phone, and, and you're going to take that away, it becomes scary. And so uh, I, I, I applaud you 
on social media and and now replace that with all technology and imagine what happens the creativity of games of of um I, some of the team members that we work with are families are building forts and doing things at home and in the backyard and it's an amazing way for them to reconnect at a level that right now i think our world has has left and is just beginning to find an end uh, uh, good for you and uh, your daughter's great courage for them to, to it is because they're because the fear of missing out is a big deal fomo is a big deal that their peers are going to judge them and and things like that so that's a, that is a big deal it is it is and you know one of the silver linings in this whole covid lockdown is the fact that you have so many families doing stuff together mm -hmm. because they they, they kind of have to number one uh and, and they go and you can tell that they went from having to spend time together to now getting to spend time together uh we have a park not too far from our 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 home and we noticed uh throughout the weeks that more and more families started coming to that park uh and they were actually interacting with each other they were having picnics and playing tags and and games and stuff like that and hopefully people are are having an aha moment and saying you know what we should do this even after COVID goes away or even after the lockdown goes away. That is, I think, one of the benefits, one of the gifts that we've all been given through this lockdown is that, you know, we don't be plugged in 24 seven. It's, it's, you know, we can connect with our, with our immediate families. And I think a lot of people, including myself have probably forgotten that we take it for granted. Um, well, I'll go back in a brain and, and talk to you about that. There was a, there was a thing about rat park, Dr. Alexander did this, but before that there was a thought that, um, it was, um, heroin, uh, it was an addictive substance. And if you had heroin, you're toast and you're done. And they put rats in a cage and nine out of 10 rats that water and heroin water, uh, I'm sorry, morphine water. And uh, they would drink the morphine water and nine of the 10 of them became addicted and died and had a shortened life. Then that was in the sixties in the eighties, late, late seventies, early eighties, Bruce Alexander, a doctor at a Simon Fraser university said, wait a minute, we don't live in cages. So he created what's called rat park. And this is important for people. And here's, here's the takeaway. It was, it was an enriched environment. By the way, Dr. Marion Diamond found this in an enriched environment, your brain grew. But he created a, a, a cage about 200 times the size with tunnels, with toys, with all sorts of things that rat, rat things love to do. And then water and morphine water. And only one out of the 10 became addicted to that. And, and the takeaway here is that our environment can change how we feel. And when we're in this an impoverished environment, especially now in an isolated environment, uh, addictions are up. Alcoholism is up. And I'm sorry to report this. Suicide, uh, both ideation and attempts and, and success, I guess, suicides themselves are, are up. Abuse to women is up. Abuse to children is up. And I believe that that all goes directly related to the stress of living in an isolated environment. So it's really important to, to identify this and create an environment. You're talking about your neighbors and things going to a park. 
where I live, we're not allowed to do that right now, which we could, but they are, they are creating a more enriched environment with this, which is so healthy for the brain, the body and the spirit. So yeah, I, I, I think it's critical that we do that. Now, how can we apply the, those principles, Bert, to work? Right. I mean, as a leader, uh, as a marketer, how can I apply it to my marketing team and or my sales team uh, to create an enriched environment because we will perform better. So, I, you know, I, um, I've seen some, I think I saw uh, a video of yours at Infusionsoft in the background, the, yes. the paint was bright, the music was pumping. I mean, the environment was, it got me pumped up and excited watching it. And so they get it. They get the importance of the environment and how that helps people feel and perform. Yeah, so I was going to ask you that question. How do we apply this to business? So it sounds like if we want to apply this to a business, whether it's a financial or you know plumbing or whatever, if, if you want to apply this neuroplasticity or this brain health culture to a business, you have to create what, what you're talking about, this rich environment. Well, it's one thing. Again, go go down the hall and look at the kitchen uh, that that's uh, on every at every workplace. Start there with nutrition. Uh, what are you doing for movement throughout the day? Uh, I, there's a place across the there's a building across the way from us that uh, twice a day the building just empties and uh, everybody goes for about a 15 minute walk. I do the same thing. I make sure that I'm moving my body and working throughout the course of a day. If I get sluggish, instead of saying I need a pot of coffee. I go for a walk, um, and if you're in, a, in inclement weather, use stairs if you have to. Uh, but move your body, get oxygen, use water. That's the other thing. And when you're feeling tired, you're probably get. Uh, that's a first sign of dehydration. So you're probably um, need need some water. Lemon water is fantastic, but just plain water is wonderful. So it really is physiologically. What am I doing environmentally? How can I uh, support people and create a better environment? Um, those things make a massive difference when it comes to human performance. Yeah, you know, in everything that I uh, that I uh, really liked uh, there is uh, the fact that it doesn't take a bunch of money. It doesn't require technology. It doesn't require any really special skills. I mean, anybody can manage their water intake uh you know i i uh, i have a spartan team that i work out with so there's a four of us that we work out together and we have this one young lady on our team she is the smallest person on our team uh, i think she weighs about 100 pounds and she drinks a gallon of water a day now she also works out twice a day so she worked out with us and the spartan team and then she'll go and work out again. And all of this she does, you know, we start our Spartan training at five o'clock in the morning. So she's done with us at six. And then she jumps into another workout at 630 or something like that. And, and she drinks a gallon of water a day. Uh, she has tons of energy. She drinks no caffeine whatsoever. Uh, and she does eat very clean. She tries to eat a lot of, you know, uh, what do you call it, organic food and stuff like that. So it's amazing uh, back to how simple it is to keep a brain healthy. Again, watch our nutrition, uh, stay away from sugar, uh, stay, you know, uh, increase your water intake, uh, you know, try to get off as much caffeine as possible. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me that everything that you've talked about 
is really within our grasp. It's super simple. It isn't hard. You don't even have to have a special membership. I mean, all of it is in our control. The other thing too is supplements. Uh, supplements should be used as that. That's why they're called that, to supplement food, not in, not in place of. So you don't go get to go eat at a fast food place and say, well, I'm taking a multivitamin. But vitamin C is, a, is unbelievable. Vitamin D, um, your Bs, uh, omega-3s, please find a really good omega-3. Your brain loves that oil and it really helps it. So there are some things there, orthomolecular restoration or orthomolecular medicine. It's been around since the 40s, been well-documented since the 50s. And orthomolecular is basically high doses of vitamins and it's done by typically by IV. Um, I know right now that they're, they're having great success with that in places in the world and helping people with uh, overcome viruses issues. Uh, but if, if you want to see a, natu- a good naturopathic doctor, that's a tremendous thing for your health and your wellness. And so as a business you know, entrepreneur or business owner or, or as a, uh, a CFO or a CEO, what are you doing to, to invest in the health of your people? Are you helping to say, tell you what, if you go get some of these, if you, if, whether that's a gym membership or whether that's an orthomolecular, uh, meaning a, a high-dose vitamin I, I, IVs, if you're doing these things, we're going to help you financially. And, and business people go, well, what's the bottom line? What's my ROE? I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if you, if you invest in your people, your sick days go down. Your absenteeism yeah. goes down. Your retention, which is a big issue with companies, your retention goes up. Your performance goes up. So those are numbers that you can't, you, you can actually, if you spend time and set it up properly, you can quantify the results of this effort without spending massive amounts of money. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we do here is we have a, um, a, a large container of vitamin C and a large container of vitamin D that anybody can access throughout the day. Uh, and you know, we encourage our people to access it. Uh, it's, it's real simple, but you know what? It makes a big difference, uh, especially the vitamin D. It's, there's, you know, I have, at least in my experience, vitamin D has done a lot for me. I'm a big believer in vitamin D. Um, Dave, we're out of time, but I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, I love some of the tips that we got today, and they're so simple. They're so something that uh, doesn't take a lot of time or a lot of money. And again, we can regain our brain health. The number one takeaway today for me is sleep. We need more sleep, less energy drinks. And I think that if, if, if the world worked on getting more sleep, we would, we would feel a lot better. I think uh, we would accomplish more in, in a lot less time. Anyway, Dave, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. Bert, what you do in the world is fantastic. It's a it's a uh, real honor to hang out with you and visit with you. I've enjoyed our conversation. Same here. Talk to you later. Thanks, buddy. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. <laughs>